How's it going, everybody? Welcome yeah. to the Wicked Cruel yeah. Podcast. <laughs> this is episode 25. Yes. A it's, quarter of oh, 100. It's been a long <laughs> road to 25. Yeah. It's But we're, we're here. We, we are, are in this bitch. I'm Vilma. I'm Mary. And this is a true crime podcast. A mostly true crime podcast. Yeah. We have some witchy, mythy, mythological. Supernatural yeah. tidbits. At the end, so stay Fun tuned. Fun stuff. That way, you know, whatever. I'm sure you guys um, li- are, you know, five listeners. We love y'all so much. We only <laughs> do this because we know y'all listen. Um, but so we have a, had a little change in management. So we – and I am now the one who is editing the podcast. That's um, why there's no intro music. That's why there's no <laughs> intro and no outro. We're going to get the hang of it. We will. And then when I say we, I mean Mary will. Yeah. <laughs> we will, yes. My, um, my, our, our producer. Editor. Our editor uh, took himself out, a.k.a. my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> so he decided that that probably wasn't going to be the best for him um, and his. Uh, future endeavors so we wish him well um, so at least he can put like podcast editor on his resume now he can because you know? he really he he knew what he was doing yeah he did a good job Look at he it. had the patience to sit there and watch all the youtube videos that i don't have but i forced myself i stayed up so late last last week but i was like we're not gonna have music but you know what we got it in anchor and we also i also figured out how to put the uh Add in, there. add in there so yeah. now we have made nine dollars and 28 cents i know <laughs> you can get some coffee yeah right no we can't like we can literally go buy one movie ticket now wow i know <laughs> who's gonna watch the movie you or me <laughs> i'll give you i'll give you the free ticket and i'll buy my own no look give me the ticket i'll get in and then if I can work the nerve to open the door and <laughs> let you in. Oh, like we're 13. <laughs> yeah. I used to I'll let do you that. in. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I could. A first, <laughs> I would be afraid to get caught. I went on a first, one of my very first dates without, like, parental supervision mm-hmm. was to the movies. And I was so excited. And it was, a, like, a little double date. And um, I think it was maybe 15 or 16, I don't remember. But the guy's friends were like, hey, come to the side of the building with us real quick and then we'll go back in. Yeah. And I was, you know, me not thinking of true crime at that time in my uh-huh. life was like, oh my God, let's go. Yeah. You know, let's go down this dark alley as a 15 year old. Well, the guy that I was dating like left and I was like, wait, what's happening? Uh-huh. And then he was opening the side door because oh. he didn't want to pay for me to get in. Oh. Then I stayed with him for two years. <laughs> <laughs> It worked. So it, it did. Uh, but I was like, did you just cheap out on our date, you asshole? I don't know, you know. I or like was a it frugal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see the other side of it. No, that's that's hilarious that you had no idea that that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, I just was like, cool, I'm going to walk down this side. Just along side for the ride. Walk. Yep. I was just happy my mom wasn't there. Like, I just couldn't believe she let me go with friends. Do you remember what movie it was? I have no idea. No? No. You probably would have been watching the movie, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was I was a prude, believe it or not, in high school. Don't believe it. <laughs> until I was until shortly after that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a whatever movie came out in twenty or no, that was two thousand five. Yeah. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. I was graduating in two thousand five. I was a freshman slash sophomore hmm. in 2005 
So, yeah. I wonder if we would have been friends in high school. No. Why? Because you were preppy. No, I wasn't. You Not in preppy? high school. I thought you were preppy. No. I and had, I was like, oh my god, preppy people suck. No, and I now. had like two friends and we ate our lunch like indoors in the classroom. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, like, I never saw, like, light of day. Yeah. I was very pale. I like to work on, like, um, film projects, mm-hmm. always in the computer lab, or, like... <laughs> I did film stuff. So- well, I did See? media tech. we could Yeah, we friends. actually might have been friends. I've I seen was... pictures of you, and I'm like, okay, yeah, she probably shopped at Hot Topic. I did. That was my favorite store. So did store. I. Oh, my God, so, we totally you know would what? have been friends. I, I thought you were preppy. No. Well, I'm sorry for that judgment. I'm super preppy now, so I don't care. Unless I have my days where I'm emo. Like, when I text John, I'm like, I'm going to look like an emo kid, so. It's okay. I'm like, don't dress up. Well, I, w- I wouldn't dress, like, dark mm-hmm. or anything, but I would wear soul. a lot of um, rainbow stuff. I was more okay. that side of Hot Topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, girly emo, I guess. I guess, yeah. I don't know what that, I don't know what that would be considered. I don't know. I don't know. It was a it was a good time. Whatever. Yeah. My foot just full on fell asleep and now it's tingling and it feels like someone is yanking it off and I'm just like dying over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You're fine. Anyway. Okay. I'll get ready for my story. I'm so excited okay. for your story. So this true crime story is not very recent. It's from a hundred years ago. So. <laughs> but a hundred years ago, like. It's not like, that long not ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. Like our grandparents were alive. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, it takes place in London, England. Ooh. Um, I've been there. Have you? I don't. I went on a senior trip Okay, there. Spice Girl. I know. <laughs> I've never been. I've never been anywhere. I mean, I've been, like, I've crossed the border down south to Mexico. Yeah. But that was, like, for two hours, and then I came back. Did you go to Tijuana? Yes, I did. I was going to say because of California. We need so. medicine, so. <laughs> I'm over here like, what'd you go for? Uh, Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Is that how how you say it? Yes. Um, So we would go down there, and then on the way back, they always say, do you have anything to declare? Mm -hmm. And I would always be so nervous. (laughs) I bet you, I I don't, you're terrible at lying anyway. And I'm like, I don't think this is legal. So, and Uh I was little, and my mom would go down there, and when she needed antibiotics or something, we would just go. I guess it was cheaper, or Mm -hmm. you didn't have to see a doctor. Anyway. We would always buy a piggy bank, I remember, and we would put the stuff in the piggy bank oh, and then come back. Yeah, that's super. That's called drug trafficking. Well, there you go. <laughs> I hope no cops are listening to this. No, I love that so much. Wow. Vilma yeah. Senior, teaching your daughters young. Well, we would just put it in there just in case, like, they search yeah. the car or something. It's not like we would sell it. I know. That's so funny. <laughs> you know what? I just, like, 100% saw this in, like, clarity, and I'm like, yeah, that was, was not good. <laughs> Um, I went when I was 18 for the first time. My little boyfriend, he's from uh, Morelos, mm-hmm. and we went down there, and we came back, and we had all these bottles of liquor that were super cheap down there. You know, yeah. We were only 18, so we were like, we're right. going to bring all these back. And we had all these pillows in the back seat, and it was like a car full of people, and we shoved all the liquor like under these pillows, and then our friends like sat on the pillows. Oh, my God. And Nobody ever nobody, checked no, it? No. Mm-mm. And they were like, it's because we have a Weta in the car. Yeah. And they were like, that's say, the only reason. You, you and... can definitely, <laughs> so, you can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, back then. I don't right. know about now. Still um, now, girl. I'm, I know. I understand my privilege. But you know what? Ugh. It's really funny. Like, obviously, I spoke English yeah. back then. I was in school and everything. But when we were crossing the border, they would look into the car and they would ask me and my sister, mm-hmm. 
okay like they would look at our id or whatever school id and then they would look at us and they would ask what's your teacher's name or like what's the mascot at your school like something that would that you know that's so scary though yeah you know so yeah i don't know it's just i don't know the things that we had to do it's just weird but anyway yeah i'm like sorry we went on a tangent here i apologize where where are we okay so we're in london yeah um edith graydon was a happy talented girl she was born in 1893 crazy to see that number um she was the oldest of five kids from a pretty good family um, she was a talented dancer and actress, mm-hmm. and she was also really good, like, in school, like, academically. Um, she grew up and found a good job as a bookkeeper for a fabric importer. I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> I don't know. People knew that, uh, that knew her, described her as a stylish and intelligent lady, and she just kept getting promoted, like, several times in her company until she became chief buyer. Oh, okay. So... It seemed like she was just really good, mm-hmm. ambitious, good at her job. A bookkeeper is, like, make sure, like, inventory and all the accounts line up, like, add up and stuff, oh, I think. Oh, so, yeah, so that's how she started, and then she ended up being, like, a really, like, high, high up. High up in it. Yeah. Um, and her job was pretty cool because she had work trips that took her to places like Paris and Dreams. stuff like that, where she just, you know, she traveled a lot for work. Um, she was pretty accomplished, I put boss babe. <laughs> in 1909, she met um, Percy Thompson. And after a six-year engagement, they were married in 1916. Uh, they bought a house in a fashionable town called Alford in Essex. And then since they both had it, like flourishing careers, they lived a pretty comfortable life. They didn't have any kids or anything. So they were just like living it up. So then 1920 comes around and... The couple befriended this guy named Freddie Bywaters. Freddie and Edith actually knew each other from before because um, Freddie was one of Edith's younger brother, like a school friend. So she knew him. He was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And Freddie had joined the Merchant Navy, and somehow they, like, met up again. And so this Freddie guy would hang out with the couple. Um, He was a handsome young man. Mm, I wish there were a picture. (laughs) Who had an impulsive personality. So he was like very like go-getter type of guy. When he was with Edith and Percy, he would tell them about his interesting stories of his travels around the world. And Edith was like, okay. She was immediately attracted to Freddie now that she met him like Mm -hmm. as an adult. Um, He was adventurous. He was interesting. And she started to feel like that was more the style of guy she wanted to be with. And all of a sudden, like, Percy wasn't looking so great to her anymore. Like, her husband, she was, like, falling out of love with Percy. Percy, like, didn't see this at first because Percy liked Freddie. So they were, like, friends, all of them. And then the three of them would vacation together with Edith's sister. So kind of like a double date, but Mm -hmm. Edith had her eye on Freddie. Um, They enjoyed each other's company so much that even after they got back from vacation, Percy invited Freddie to stay with them. Like, oh, like you can lodge with us until you get to go on your next job or whatever. So I was like, damn, that's a bad idea. (laughs) Um, Edith and Freddie started having an affair Uh soon after, and they weren't able to keep it a secret for too long. I didn't say how Percy found out, but he found out, and he confronted them about it. Uh, Freddie told Percy, dude, just divorce Edith, you know, let her be with me. And Mm -hmm. Percy was like, no, dude, like, get out of my house. So (laughs) 
um, he kicked them out, and ended up, uh, Freddie ended up leaving, and afterwards, Edith got physically abused by mm. by Percy. I mean, obviously, Percy was upset, but he, like... Not an excuse. Not an excuse, right. Condone that He was behavior. upset, and he, like, beat her up. Mm. And she was struck several times and thrown across the room by, by Percy. So, soon after this, Freddie was at sea for work. Um... He was gone for about a year, but during this year, Edith and him wrote back and forth to each other pretty frequently, so they kept in touch, and um, she would write to him about how much she loved him and vice versa, and when the long year was finally over, they met again in person and continued their love affair. So she was still married to Percy, and for whatever reason, she wasn't leaving him, and really, Freddie was just like her Sancho, pretty much. And on October 3rd, 1922... Edith and Percy attended a performance at a theater um, in London, and then oh my God, I'm so sorry, guys. Benji is like you, freaking I out. I hope that the mic isn't catching it. I don't think it usually does. I don't but. know, but he is like extra loud right now. I'm gonna go put him in his kennel. Give me two seconds. <laughs> Since we are not experts at editing, no. this is probably no. not gonna get edited out, guys. Oh no, it will. It will not be. Yeah. So just. Sit tight. <laughs> Go get a snack. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, she's back. <laughs> I'm so into the story, and he's here, like, nipping at my ankle, getting pissed off because he wants David, my boyfriend, to walk through the door because that's who he loves because I'm chopped liver. Is that what's wrong with him? Yes. Every time. That's why he always runs down the stairs when you're here because he's waiting for David. Oh, you so... two are the only two people that have been in my apartment. Oh, I feel so special. Yeah. Benji, I see you, and I love you. Thank you for being quiet now. This will, yeah, they can't hear him from over there at least. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, this will, this will have to stay in because I don't know how to do all that. That's okay. <laughs> so, so that means anyway, we really can't I'm mess so up because sorry. we can't edit this. Yeah, no. Unedited. Raw. Like, so y'all are like getting it. the real deal. So, I, please don't leave us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so October 3rd, 1922, yes. Edith and Percy attended a performance at the theater in London, and then they were returning home. They were walking home. I don't know. I mean, cars existed back there, right? Back then. Yeah, but even now, a lot of people walk. Yeah. Well, London. they were walking home, and it was almost midnight, so seems kind of late. Anyway, they were walking home when a man jumped out from behind some bushes and attacked Percy. There was a violent struggle, and Percy was mortally wounded. So, oh. R.I.P. Percy. Um, this attacker had stabbed Percy and had also pushed Edith down to the floor during the kerfuffle. So mm-hmm. everything that happened, like he just kerfuffle. I don't, did you love that? <laughs> That's such word? a cute word. Like makes me want waffles. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, Edith was hysterically screaming for help, but by the time that the police arrived, it was too late to revive Percy. Um, the attacker had fled the scene. At first, Edith told the police that the attacker was a stranger. Um, but then later at the police station, I, she confessed that she did know who it was. Freddie. Mm-hmm. It was Freddie. If you didn't put that together, it was Freddie. Um, she admitted that her and Freddie were having an affair. And upon further investigation, the authorities felt that uh, because they found the love letters from mm-hmm. her between Edith and Freddie, there was like 60 of them. I was like, dang, that's a lot Probably. of letters. <laughs> anyway. Uh, remember that they had been in correspondence while he was out at sea, so that's why they had so many. But um, the police arrested Freddie, but they also arrested Edith. Okay. 
the authorities felt that the letters were tangible evidence that leaked Edith to the murder. So both Edith and Freddie were charged with murder. Which to me seems kind of wild. Because... Yeah. I mean, those are just letters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Unless they're like, hey, let's kill my husband. Well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Their trial began only three months later in December. Which, pause, I'm like, that's cool that your trial can start so soon, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like now years go by and people yes. are just, like, in limbo, like, yeah. waiting. Anyway, Freddie cooperated completely from the start. He um, gave them the murder weapon. He never denied his actions, although he did say that his intentions were only to confront Percy, not to kill him. And the main point that he wanted to get across to the police was that Edith was innocent. So he said that he acted without her knowledge and that things escalated quickly once he confronted Percy that night. So he wanted Percy to fight him fair and square. I guess he's like, come on, like, fight me like a man, you know? Sounds like David. Percy Percy refused to do it. Like, Freddie tried to force Percy to deal with the situation. And Percy was like, no, like, I'm not going to lower myself to your level. Like, I'm not going to fight you. And, um... That made Freddie angry, and so he, like, started, like, fighting with him or, like, pushing him around. He lost his temper, and that's when he, like, stabbed him with his Mm -hmm. knife. So he didn't mean to kill him, I guess, Mm -hmm. but he just got caught up, you know, one thing led to another. And Freddie said that he just loved Edith so much that he just couldn't see her waste her life with Percy anymore, and he just was, like, he didn't know what to do. So the authorities were not going to let him take the fall all on his own though um they already saw that edith was an adulteress so in their mind like she was guilty you know mm-hmm. because she's a woman that cheated on her husband yeah so um the love letters didn't make it any easier for her either because in these letters she revealed that she was eager to get rid of percy she wrote of a desire to be free of him and admitted to have tried killing him by taking a glass light bulb and she crushed it up into little shards and then she mixed it in with some mashed potatoes and then like fed it to him. Oh my god! But um, it didn't kill him. Obviously, it didn't even make him sick or anything. Yeah. So, wow. So she tried using actual poison in his food, but that didn't work either. Like he didn't even get sick. I was like, ooh, stomach. Yeah, right? Got a strong stomach. <laughs> um. And she, like, wrote that to to Freddie in her letters. Stupid. So Mistake um, number one. Right? Like, don't put it in writing. My mom used to always tell me, because my mom did, uh, like, public relations for mm-hmm. the longest, so she was always like, don't text somebody and don't write somebody anything that you would not be okay with it being published in a newspaper. Oh. That was always my mom's, That's like... A very good piece yes, of advice, though. it was. And it when I would start text messages to my friends, that's... Yeah, and funny, when my mom found out I was having sex, it was because I wrote a letter to oh my, my friend God. during class, and we were talking about it, and I forgot to throw the letter away at school, and my mom found it in my fucking backpack. I think so, you've told me that story yes. before, and it makes me think, like, dang. Yep. So, don't write letters, kids. Or texts. Or texts. Don't send nudes. No, unless... never. Well, I mean... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand the whole cloud situation. Right. And so I'm like, if I delete it out of my phone, is it still out there somewhere? And the kids, these, me being a teacher, like, my biggest fear is sending something like that and then somebody, like, finding it and publishing but it. Because that has happened. Sent one? No, never. Not once. 
You've never sent me no, a never. risky picture. Never a lingerie picture. Nope. Nothing. Nope. I'm just wow. like, hey, you want to see it in person? <laughs> <laughs> if it if it's on Snapchat, it's like gone, right? I don't know. I don't <laughs> understand. All I'm pretty of it. sure. I'm an old lady when it comes to all that stuff. Unless somebody takes a picture of the phone. And they, yeah, that's a thing. Which, but they'd have to be prepared. Like, they would have to have a phone ready. I guess. I don't know. Maybe just don't do it. Don't yeah. do it no. until we figure it out. Then we'll tell you if you yes. can do it or not. Okay? My or just Google, My Google searches are about to be real weird. <laughs> so, anyway, where, where are we? Okay, so she tried using actual poison. That didn't work. Um... And she said that she hadn't used more, more more poison because then the flavor would be too obvious and he would find out. So that's why she just used a little bit. Um, so she wrote to Freddie to do something desperate. Oh, my god! So gosh. she didn't necessarily say kill him. But she may as well have in this, in like now in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Eat it. Or maybe she's like, do something desperate. Beat him up or mm-hmm. do something desperate. Come in. Take me away. You know? Yeah. It's not necessarily, like, do something that desperate, like, kill him. But if she's already admitted to, like, attempted murder, it's <laughs> like, what do you think she went by it? So, Edith's legal representatives told her that it was probably a good idea that she not take the stand because there really wasn't any evidence that would tie her to the murder besides the fact that she was present during the attack. But Miss Edith was low-key loving the attention from the media mm. and the publicity of it all. So she insisted that she would take the stand. Oh, my goodness. Um, This was a big mistake because she was caught in a series of lies. And her demeanor when she was up on the stand was, like, flirtatious sometimes and melodramatic. And she ended up making a bad impression on both the judge and the jury. She kept contradicting herself. And then she would become super arrogant when she would get caught in a lie. So remember that she was, like, a really good actress when she was a kid. I feel like this was her moment. Like, mm-hmm. she was just, like, shining, you know? She was taking it all in. And I feel like she wasn't really taking it seriously. Like, dude, you have been charged with murder. Yeah. This it sounds like Chicago. Deal. This sounds like the <laughs> Chicago play. The musical? Yeah, the yeah. musical. <laughs> so, um, well, the jury, like, could see through her beat her BS, and then they found her guilty, and she was sentenced to death by hanging. Oh, my God. That escalated I know. so fucking quickly. I know. So she was hysterical, and she started screaming in the court. Like, obviously, I mm-hmm. would, too. And then Freddie was also given the same sentence, and he was also hysterical, but he wasn't mad about his sentencing. He was like, no, don't do this to her. Like, she is innocent. Like, hang me, but not her. Like, yeah. she had nothing to do with it. She didn't know I was going to do it. I didn't know I was going to do it. Um, And he never let up on insisting that she was innocent. Um, So during the trial, the media was really, like, ripping them apart because, you know, they were having an affair Mm -hmm. or whatever. So the media hated them. But then after the sentencing, people made, like, a 180. They were like, oh, wait, like, she's really getting the death sentence? This No, this isn't right. So um, they're like, we knew they were cheating, but damn, like, that's messed up. Mm -hmm. Um, almost 1 million people signed a petition against the death sentences. And um, the public kind of had admiration for Freddie because of his loyalty towards Edith and how he protected her innocence. So, like, he was, like, they were soft on him pretty mm-hmm. much. And the public felt 
less sympathy for Edith just because she was so dramatic. And so they, but she, like, they still thought she shouldn't be executed. Especially back then, it was, like, pretty scandalous to execute a woman um, by hanging her. So they were, like, really pushing for them to get, like, life or something, but not to be executed. But despite everybody's efforts, the verdict was not overturned and neither was the sentencing. So a few days before their execution, they were giving a notice telling them like that the date had been fixed. And apparently Edith like lost her composure and she spent her last days just agonizing about what was about to happen to her. Like she would just cry and scream, moan, like she stopped eating. Yeah. It was so bad that on the morning of her execution, she was so weak that she pretty much had to be carried to the gallows and somebody had to hold her upright as they put the noose around her neck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Edith and Freddie were both hanged simultaneously at 9 a.m. Edith at her prison, um, Holloway Prison, and Freddie at Pentonville Prison, which was only about half a mile apart. And oh my gosh. That was it. I mean, they were hanged. They died. What a good story. Jesus. No, but I mean... Do you think she should have died? I mean, no. I feel like she, I don't know. It just seems wrong. I don't know. I mean, obviously she was trying to kill him. So she wasn't, obviously, like, oh, I'm so, if it was my friend who died, I'd Mm -hmm. be like, take her out back and shoot her. You know what I mean? But, (laughs) man, well. Crazy, don't, right? I guess, like, don't kill people. Don't kill people. Yeah, like... <laughs> That's the moral don't of the get, story. Don't get caught up. I thought you were going to say don't get caught. Oh, well, that <laughs> too, like, you know. So kill people, just don't get caught. No, no, no. Don't get caught up <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> yeah, I don't... No. I, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the actual killer, yeah. Freddie, because... I don't know. He probably I never in like a million he, years thought that she was going to get... Yeah. Like, taken down with him, mm-hmm. but... And I feel bad for Percy, too. Percy just didn't want to fight, but then he's, like... But he a, beat her. A be- yeah, a wife, a wife beat beater. Her. Yeah. Like, no one's good in this scenario. But no one's good in real life. No one is 100% no. good. No. No one. Nope. So, I just feel like this is one of those things. It's just, like, a crazy story. Yeah. But, well... Anyway. That was sad, but my mini... Is pretty lighthearted. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> do you like that segue there? So, this comes from Hawaiian mythology. Hawaii. I'm so, I've never been there, but I would really like to go. Okay. Um, I want to go too. So, I this go. is the story um, of, let me see, because I just lost my place. Kohi Lili or Leli, um, which translates into. The flying vagina. Oh. <laughs> if y'all could see her face right now, she's like, what? I'm like trying to imagine it. Yes. So, um, ooh, so the flying vagina belonged to the goddess Kapo, and she is the goddess of fertility, sorcery, and dark powers. Mm. So, which I was like, that's really cool to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so she has a lot of sisters, but one of her sisters was Pele, who, um, she's the goddess of volcanoes and fire. Mm-hmm. That's who Pele is. This is giving me Moana vibes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moana after hours. <laughs> <laughs> so one time, um, 
Oop, I just lost my place. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Okay, so one time Capo, she was kind of flying around and she was looking for Pele and she heard her crying out. And she finally found her and Pele was being, um, was about to be raped by the god of pigs or the pig god, um, Kamapua'a. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Capo did, she detached her vagina and she like chunked it and it went flying and it uh, distracted this the god, pig. the pig and god. And he started, <laughs> yes, no, exactly. And he started chasing it. Oh my god. Yes. And so it is said that when he was chasing it, it like hit the ground and it made a big in- indention. And, and this is all in Oahu, on the island of Oahu. So there's like a crater in Oahu that there, the myth is. Vagina shaped? That I don't know. <laughs> I have to look it up a little bit more, but I was reading this and just my mind was like blown. And crazy. That's how they escaped. And so, and then like it just comes back to her like a vagina boomerang. Oh. Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) So I know. So that, I mean, that's like, that's the story. I would seriously look it up, but it's really cool. And in my search for this, there's actually a group called. Koi Lili Lili. So I tried to YouTube this because I was trying to find pronunciations because mm-hmm. obviously, like, I don't speak that language mm-hmm. and I don't know the pronunciations. So I'm sure I'm butchering it. And I truly looked for these because I really wanted to do it justice since it's Hawaiian mythology. Yeah. Um, but I could not find anybody who was actually like speaking it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. So if there's anyone from Hawaii out there, we would love to know how to actually pronounce these things because I, I hate butchering, you know, yeah. actual culture. Right, no, for so, sure. Um, but, yeah, but there is a group called Koi Lele, which is the, translates into Flying Vagina, and they're all about um, sex education and empowering women and men and taking the stigma away from, like, sex, and they'll, like, teach people how to have sex and how to, like, orgasm and it's just this really good but like how to have consensual safe Mm -hmm. sex and they're um I believe they're based out of Hawaii three women started them um started it so it's really cool I mean look it up um if you look up kapo which is k-a-p-o you'll find all of the other stuff with it damn so very interesting yes like you can't make that shit up no (laughs) no and I just love it so much. And I was like, this is amazing mythology. And then, like, I found this, like, self-empowering yeah, whole group. I can't and... believe that pig god or god of pigs, like, yeah, what fuck him. Jerk. Yeah, yeah. That is, ugh. Uh-huh. But way to go. It yeah, just shows, like, seriously. the vagina is powerful. Very powerful. Are you and, kidding me? Yeah. Like, babies come out of that thing. Mm-hmm. I almost called it a hoe. I was like, babies come out of that hoe. And I was like, that's derogatory when I'm talking about a <laughs> But Great mini. Yeah. I loved it. So I thought that was fun. We haven't done one from Hawaii yet. No. Yeah, so, that one's really good. Yeah. But anyway, so find us on Instagram or email us at wickedcurlpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.